Hello, thanks for tuning in again. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 401, recorded on Saturday the 28th of August 2021 at 232357. Yes, another exciting episode of Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show. God, I hate saying that, and more about how much I hate saying that later. Let's start the pre-show section in a slightly less than happy way. I just wanted to talk briefly about Afghanistan. Yes, I know, but I feel I have to. Like last time, I feel that if I don't, I'll probably pop a blood vessel or do myself some other kind of mischief. As we have seen, the US withdrawal strategy, well, it's not really a strategy at all, was it? Was a total shambles. Forefront in my mind at the moment, apart from feeling completely powerless and a little betrayed by the US, I am hoping that as many people manage to escape Afghanistan, even after the flight stop, as possible. I took the liberty of noting down some Saturday front page headlines from a couple of UK newspapers earlier today. Do you want to hear them? Well, here they are. First of all, the I which is a slightly step above the usual tabloid, and the British tabloids are famous the world over, says thousands abandoned to the Taliban. And then it goes on to detail in what way that is the case. Now, to an actual UK tabloid, the Daily Mirror in this case, which is just about the only tabloid I can stand reading, I buy it for my dad. The front page headline says, Brits die in Kabul horror. The subtitle to which is, Slaughtered fleeing hell city. I think that tells you as much as you probably need to know about the mood here. I do apologise if this seems a little jarring, but as I said at the top of the show, Much as I enjoy these cosy little chats about stuff that makes us geeks happy, I just can't ignore the outside world, and neither should you or feel that you have to for the sake of this podcast. Let's try and end our thoughts on Afghanistan in a positive way at least, by wishing our best to those still trying to escape. And when they do escape, welcome them when they reach safe haven. For now, that's it. And let me just inhale a deep breath. And think more happier thoughts. And you can't really get more happy than thinking about soft fluffy things. In this case, soft fluffy blankets. That is pretty cosy. I bought... The family, that is, my mother, my father, and me, some incredibly soft 
and fluffy blankets. Throw blankets. Because the way things have been going recently with my health and the news, we damn well deserve some incredibly soft, fluffy blankets. And this isn't going to segue into a advertisement about the brand of soft, fluffy blankets. Never you mind. I was enjoying my blanket earlier today, though they do seem to be shedding a fair bit of pile. When my mother started to complain about that, I did point out that when we used to have a cat, there was a lot more fur balls flying around than there was from these blankets. I might even curl up in my blanket after this podcast with a good drink and maybe watch something to unwind. I think that is enough pre-show preamble, don't you? Let's do the show. Culture. Let us start off in the realm of horror with a film called Werewolves Within. Werewolves Within is a silly and schlocky fun film based on a social game slash video game adaptation in which participants guess which one of them is a werewolf. I think I played this game once. Maybe back in 2013. No, 2014. The social party game, that is, not the video game. In Werewolves Within... An absolutely charming and guileless National Park Ranger starts a new job in a small community in Denver, Colorado, and immediately strikes up a friendship with a quirky local postwoman. Though, frankly, all the townspeople are a bit quirky, or maybe just plain crazy. It's very Twin Peaks. Pretty soon, attacks by something... Vicious, with teeth and claws, drives the town folk together in the shelter of the single hotel, and one by one they are attacked. That whole setup seems very Agatha Christie's Poirot, although I do deeply appreciate Poirot. I am a Carl Edward Wagner fan, so the first thing that came to mind was his beautiful, haunting, and very gory short story set in a snowbound hunting lodge, Reflections on the Winter of My Soul. That short story has a very similar setup. It is occasionally funny, though it is a lot more grim than Werewolves Within. Sorry, I'm straying into the realm of grimdark fantasy. Let's move back to Werewolves Within. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's fun. It does everything it should do. You'll enjoy it. The next film that I wanted to talk about, and I saw this yesterday, is a film called Bloodthirsty. And yes, There is a theme in today's show. This is a 2020 horror film about a vegan singer having dreams of devouring flesh. And... 
Yeah. I think you can see where this is going. She consults with her psychiatrist, played by Michael Ironside. He's in the film all of about two minutes. And I get he's just in there to give the film a horror feel. But man, what a waste of money. I hope he did this as a free favour for the filmmakers and they didn't have to shell out too much for him. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so she's got this psychiatrist and she's having a hard time with the bad dreams. And then she finds out that she can get away from it all for a while, which may be just what she needs, along with her partner, by going on her retreat to a snowbound mansion right out in the sticks, which is the redoubt of a reclusive pop star who will mentor slash produce her next album and who may or may not have murdered his wife. As far as the look of the thing goes, I think the filmmakers were going for a cold palette and a fairly windy ambience in the soundscape, but instead the film's colour science comes off as drab and dry, and the audio's atmos is noisy and distracting more than anything else. Unfortunately, this is one werewolf movie that I did not enjoy. It is really a poor attempt at a lycanthropy movie that channels a hell of a lot of The Howling from 1989 with less of the humour Less of the artful gore. There is gore, but it is disgusting rather than interesting. And there is less pathos than The Howling. And the only way that it attempts to take itself seriously is by being unintentionally boring. As this is a werewolf movie, let us talk about the creature design, and that was not great. To be honest, the creature design in the previous film that we mentioned, Werewolves Within, was not that great either, but it seemed to suit the tone. In this case, it did not. It looked comedic in a film that is not apparently comedic, a film that purports itself to be a serious and non-schlocky werewolf horror. Conversely, the film conveys its seriousness by being utterly devoid of humour. It's partly the fault of the script, but it's also the interpretation of the script by the actors. I don't know why this was the case, as there were a few scenes that were obviously written for laughs, and would have been funny, see what I mean, the script wasn't entirely to blame, if not for the obliviousness of the cast and their mostly wooden acting. I'm sorry, I really hate doing things like this. 
I don't like being too negative about creative endeavours, especially since this one seems to be at the point where the filmmakers are entering the business. Although I could be wrong, I didn't really do much background work on who the filmmakers of Bloodthirsty were. I just hope that they do better next time. It wasn't entirely a negative experience, though. I did like the twist in the story, so there was something to be salvaged from the writing. And as for the acting, there was a chap called Greg Bryk, I think, B-R-Y-K, who played the good-slash-bad-slash-ambiguous Svengali character, and his acting was really quite good. And by the way, quite good English understatement for good, so don't read too much into that. And that was Bloodthirsty, a 2020 horror film that has just been released. Next... I saw the trailer for The Amityville Moon, which appears to be about werewolves. Yeah, another film about lycanthropy. It did look fun from what little I saw in the trailer, but what happened to Lionsgate? If they are now purveyors of schlock, I'm okay with that. In fact, I love schlock, as you know from listening to this podcast. But tagging on the Amityville name to something that bears zero resemblance to the franchise seems like a cheap move. Am I wrong in this? I love films about werewolves. Even this low-budget type crap. But if there is no connection to Amityville then what is Lionsgate doing? Well, it's obvious what they're doing. They're using the Amityville name in a way that doesn't really make any sense at all. Again, maybe I'm wrong. If you know something different, then let me know. And now we're going to take a slight break from horror, but remain in the realm of something I like, because I recently saw Destroyer. Yes, this isn't a new film, but it just came on iPlayer in the UK. That's the way that we consume BBC television in the UK. In Destroyer, Nicole Kidman is a cop, an LA cop, being eaten away by a traumatic event that occurred during her past undercover work. Destroyer is a grim, hard-boiled neo-noir Other than that, it seems fairly conventional, until the timeline flip-flops in a nice little twist. Not the most original twist, but the way it was done was nice. I thought Nicole Kidman was badass as the rundown cop on her last legs. And yeah, the last thing I just want to mention was related to a tweet I made that is about early on in the film. I thought 
that her old partner was a bad guy because there was a scene in which he mentions favouring dire straits over Pink Floyd, which to me is utterly diabolical. To see if I was right or wrong about that, watch the movie, and that is Destroyer. And you know how much I like hard-boiled, neo-noir pulp. Believe me, if I recommend this movie, you need to see it. Though I'm guessing by this stage just about everyone has seen that film, apart from me. Let's move away from films now and move on to some TV. Brand New Cherry Flavor is a 2021 Netflix TV show in which an up-and-coming filmmaker from out of town meets with a big-shot Hollywood producer who almost immediately rips off her work and physically abuses her. This leads her to seek revenge with the assistance of a witch. Susan Keener steals the show as Boro, which to my untrained ear I thought was Bruya, which is Spanish for witch. I'm not sure. We'll see. Brand New Cherry Flavor is based on a book, which I imagine, though I'm not sure because I haven't read the book, may be very much less unconventional than the filming. And this is what makes this drama special. The filming of Brand New Cherry Flavor is this amazing hodgepodge of David Lynch, obviously Nicholas Winding Refn's The Neon Demon, sorry if I pronounced that name wrong, though without the predatory leering camera lens. There is certainly some of Nick Atosca's previous Channel Zero elements. Nick Atosca's the creator of Brand New Cherry Flavor, the TV series. And yeah, those Channel Zero elements are definitely present. I'm hesitating now because I'm not sure whether I should tell you in what way they're present. Yeah, actually I can. It won't really spoil much. What I mean by that is there are some creatures that the protagonist sees that look like things from the Channel Zero TV series, which we have talked about before in this podcast. And the way the creatures move also is the same way that they move in Channel Zero, you know, that kind of jump, 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 cut, cut, cut movement. There is also definitely influence of American Horror Story, and the body horror reminds me of really anything by David Cronenberg. The development of new and exciting bodily orifices is particularly reminiscent of Existence from 1999, and slightly of Videodrome as well. Well, yeah, really, anything by David Cronenberg. Uh, (laughs) It sounds like, from what I've said, that this is anything but original, But that's not true. I've said all that because I've just seen 
a lot of stuff. I've been around a long time, but I did find brand new cherry flavour to be an original and novel kind of horror show. And I have never seen anything reminiscent of a protagonist regularly vomiting white kittens. That is weird and unexpected. <laughs> and actually a bit Lynchian. No, stop it. Stop saying this thing is like something else. Anyway, brand new cherry flavour recommended. That is it for culture this week. Just got a couple of snippets about technology and then that is it. I often complain about things in technology in a very vague and non-personal manner, just like some maniac waving his arms at the world and saying, oh, this is so terrible. I'm not saying that I'm doing anything different today, but something did annoy me, has been annoying me lately, and I wanted to talk about that. And that is, I think that developments in AI and VR are really snake oil. I'm not saying that all developments in the last few years haven't made advances in those fields, but take AI and machine learning, for example. Tracking algorithms that are supposed to send you targeting advertising are moronic. I am currently, as we speak, logged into Google Chrome on my phone. Most of my tabs for the last few weeks have been to do with technology, unsurprisingly, music, things like guitar amps and pedals, and some outdoor gear. Even with all that data, and I am logged into Google on my Chrome browser, so the tracking should be in full force, although I do turn off all tracking that I can, and I don't have any Facebook likes, so I have a lower footprint than most people, but I'm not that private about what I look at on Chrome. And I have a very, very visible internet footprint. If you Google me, you'll find me everywhere. Even though... I am everywhere, and I'm not particularly private about what I look at, in my normal browser at least. Because as writers, we all have to look up controversial stuff, and we all use Tor. Yes, every author in the world uses Tor, because they're all paranoid. Anyway, back to this. On my normal Chrome browser... There's all this data floating around about what I'm interested in. But even so, the ads I generally receive, unflatteringly, are only age-related, it seems. I get lovely stuff like funeral ads, how to save money by being cremated, senior dating. Okay, look, I'm older, but I'm not actually senior yet. And bargain basement tooth implant surgery. Hmm, think I'll be going for some of that. And all this stuff is powered by machine learning. And 
the stuff it serves me up couldn't be of less interest to me. So it's not working. And how about virtual reality? The second boom in VR never really took off. And I'm complaining about that because it is to my disappointment as I was getting in to VR in the last boom, which was a lot of years ago now, before that went fucked. And you know what? Years later, here we are again. It goes fucked. As far as I can see, AI has made advances in the field of killer robots, self-crashing cars, Tesla, Russian bot farms, and software that seems to aid ethnic cleansing, as is the case for Huawei's apparent work in identifying racial components of the Uyghur population. As for virtual reality, there's a dwindling interest in consumer VR. There are some good VR YouTubers, but the gear is ferociously expensive. That includes the VR headsets, of which there are a decreasing number of ones available to buy, and the kind of computer hardware you need to run it all. And you need pretty good graphics cards, and we're in the midst of a graphics card shortage because of all those greedy, stupid, and environmentally unfriendly crypto miners. Don't even get me started about that. If you are a venture capitalist, my advice to you is to invest in anything but AI and VR. It's a pile of crap. If you've got an opinion that differs from mine, please feel free to go ahead and get in touch. I'd love to hear something positive that I've missed out about either AI or VR. And something fundamentally positive, something big, not just someone inventing one rescue robot, great, but it's not going to affect the whole world, or... VR used in, I don't know, an industrial process. I want to hear about the big ways that AI and VR have benefited humankind. Finally, before we leave tech behind, I have a little problem logging into Twitter, which is the final irony of me tweeting all my moans about tech earlier today, in that I could not log into Twitter on my desktop. I can do it on my phone. I am still logged in on my phone, but on my desktop in either the latest version of Firefox or even older browsers like SeaMonkey, I can't log in. The login link just sends me back to the sign-up screen, and then that's it. I don't know if this is just a natural process of entropy, <laughs> or is this just cosmic irony? Is this the universe screwing with me? And that's it for technology. 
Let's move on to creative. I only have one thing to talk about this week, and that is a little meta. Because I am talking about this podcast, and that is, there are no more show notes. I am no longer linking to show notes. I'm not making them available to listeners of this podcast, because they are worthless, except to me, as a way of writing something that I can refer to when I'm doing the podcast, because no one reads them. I've never heard any interest in anything I've written in the show notes from anyone, from any listener. Show notes do bugger all for my SEO, despite all that advice saying, you should really publish your show notes. It really helps your SEO. Does it really? Wait, isn't SEO also worthless? Aren't SEO consultants worthless? Yes. That's the answer. Yes. As well as no more show notes, I have also slimmed down my RSS feed. I've already lost about another 100 kilobytes. This will not affect you in any way. It just makes the feed a lot faster. I've done that by removing extraneous stuff that just isn't important to the podcast. I'm also going to be doing that with all previous episodes. There'll be one or two K smaller. It's not a huge difference, but there are things that I need to correct in the old MP3 files, like episode titles and descriptions. So they are a bit easier to search through if you look on archive.org, because at the moment on archive.org, where I store my podcast episodes, you'll notice that many of the earlier episodes have a very undescriptive episode title. They'll just, in fact, say the name of the show and the episode number, which is essentially useless. So I will be changing that. You can also expect a slimmed-down website as well, though the blog might actually get bigger. As in bigger and actually working and looking like a blog? There may also be some major rebranding on the way as well, not just the minor temporary changes I mentioned had happened in the last episode. I tell you each week how sick I am of being the captain for nine bloody long years. I've had it. I have had it with the title of this show. It has been just too long, and it is just so annoying and unbearable now. Things will change soon. And that is it. My voice is croaky and gnarly. So let us finish now. The show that you just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. If you want me to guest on your show, you may be insane. No, you are not insane. I'm actually not a bad guest. 
just a bit shy. But if you do want me to guest on your show, let me know. I have got a couple of guests lined up, or at least provisionally lined up in my head to guest on my own show, but also I would like to put myself about a bit. And that is it. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, temporarily the UK Geek Podcast. This was episode 401, recorded on Saturday the 28th of August 2021, but ending on Sunday the 29th of August 2021 at 000732. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.